Coaches, welcome again to the Championship Vision Podcast. I'm Coach Kevin Furtado. Today, we are on episode 61. Today, uh, we have the great privilege of interviewing Coach Jarrett Hunsinger. Coach Hunsinger is a 1996 graduate from Clark County, Cahoka, Missouri, which is where he gained his love for basketball, playing for his father, Gary, in elementary school, followed by great coaches in Kevin Gardner and Graham Bushner in high school. During that time, Jarrett knew that he wanted to get into education and coaching following high school. He attended both Southeastern Community College in Iowa, 1996 to 1998, and Culver Stockton College in Canton, Missouri, 1998 to 2001, where he earned a BS degree in education. Following college, he coached at both Clark County Boys and Scotland County Girls and Boys in Northeast Missouri. While coaching the Scotland County Girls, they played for three district titles, winning one in 2011. He just concluded his seventh season of coaching the Boonville Lady Pirates, where his team ended the 2018-19 season at 21-4. Over the last seven seasons, they have won five conference championships, four district titles, made two quarterfinal appearances, which included a third-place finish in Class 3 in 2015 with a record of 30-1. Overall record at Boonville is 149-43. Overall, he has accumulated over 250-plus wins during that time. His wife, Amy, and him will be celebrating their 15th anniversary this summer. They have three children, Lorele, 11 years, Hayden, 7, and Grant, 1. Coaches, I'm really excited about in- introducing Coach Huntsinger. Um, I actually found out about him because um, we run a one ball press, and I just um, went around to uh, different coaches and tried to study him, and I, just, I, I found a great video on championship productions uh, on his one-two-two ball press, and that's where I really was impressed with his team and how they put that together. So I really want to pick his brain on the ball press, and of course learn as much as I can about his program that he's building there at Boonville. So, coaches, um, take out your notebooks, get out your pens. Let's welcome Coach Jarrett Hunsinger. Hey, Jarrett. Hey, man, you're pretty good, man. You're, I think you're one of the fastest uh, coaches to get on. Really? Well, I'm, I'm impressed because this is my first time doing this, so I didn't didn't know <laughs> if I was going to mess it up or something. So, now, um, I have a lot of coach. Everybody has different phones, um, but man, I, I appreciate you joining me. I, this is um, our first Missouri coach, man. I'm excited. Hey, I, I feel special. I feel special being that. <laughs> you know? I, I appreciate it yeah. as well. So. Yeah, that's great. Well, I, I tell you, um, I'm going to really pick your brain on your defense, among other things and so forth, because um, we actually run your ball press. And uh, I actually got your name through your video, and I thought you okay. did a tremendous job. Well, thanks. Uh, teaching it. And I, I just love the defense, man. I know you do, too. Um, hey, tell me a little bit about your background. A lot of our coaches, uh, we have coaches from all over the place, but I want to get the listeners to get a chance to know you. Tell us about yourself and who is your, you know, your mentors as you started to get into the uh, profession? Well, sure. You know, gr- growing up in uh, Northeast Missouri, up at uh, Clark County, which is Cahoka, Missouri, uh, it's kind of a, um, I'd say, I wouldn't say basketball was kind of king, but it kind of was. You know, up in that area, you have a lot of schools. It's kind of close to Iowa and Illinois. And um, so basketball was important to the community and, and athletics was as well. So I was lucky enough to grow in, grow up in a, in a town, in a school that uh, thought a lot of 
you know, uh, athletics. But uh, again, I graduated from Clark County in 1996. Then I went on, went on eventually to Culver Stockton College and had a chance to become a, a student, like a, a coach um, as a student, but kind of turned down the, the, the possibility because at that time I was more just kind of wanting to get done with my education. And uh, now it's one of those things where you kind of look back and you're glad to where you're at now, but it's, it's you know, one of those what if questions, what could have happened if you could have gotten to the college level a little bit. But um, so I graduated from Culver Stockton and then I really kind of jumped into my, uh, my coaching and I um, staying in Northeast Missouri. Um, Clark County is a very Northeast corner. And then just to the West of it is Scotland County, Memphis, Missouri. And my dad coached and, and taught over there. So I kind of got, a foot in the door over there early while I was in college by helping with junior high teams. Um, coached there for a, a few years, then went back to my alma mater, Clark County, where I, where I did the uh, varsity boys for three. Um, and then I kind of stepped away from it and kind of got into – I did junior high for a couple of years. And that's what got me into coaching the girls' side. Um, at that time, Scotland County got a hold of me again. I not know if I want to come back and kind of take over their program. Um, which I was kind of having that itch to kind of get back into coaching at the, the high school, at the varsity level. So I did. Um, was there for four years, kind of built that program up, some great things. And then that brought me to Boonville here in mid-Missouri, which Boonville, most people I'm sure listen to this, has no clue where Boonville is. It's um, just <laughs> west of Columbia, you know, where the University of Missouri is. So we're about 20 miles okay. west on I-70. Uh, so we're pretty much, we're right, we're in a great location because we're pretty much, Right by Columbia, we're halfway in between pretty much Kansas City and St. Louis. Um, and this is my seventh year here. And we, you know, when, when I came here, we took over. I took over a program that had won probably you know, 17, 18 games in a matter of two years, uh, the, the previous two years. And, and I took him and was speaking of the ball press, my defense. Uh, I ran it my last year with the Scotland County girls. So I went ahead and decided to take it and install it here. And uh, the rest is pretty much history. We've taken – since then, uh, we, we've won, uh, let's see, five conference championships, you know, four district championships. Um, been to the quarterfinals twice, went to the Final Four in 2015 with a, a great team, which my first year here, we only won seven games with this group of sophomores. And the next year, we won 25. Then we won, went 30-1 and one and lost in the semifinal game, then won the third-place game. And then we've played for a couple districts. We've won some districts since then, won, uh, went to a quarterfinal since then. Um, and – um, that kind of leads me to where I'm at today. Yeah, I know you built a great program. And I, I think a lot of people, including myself, don't know a lot about Missouri girls basketball. From, from what I know, there's some good players in Missouri, isn't there? Very much so. You know, I think most people take and hear about the, the boys side because of, you know, your Kansas cities and uh, your um, St. Louis area and, and you know, the, the athletes that come out of those areas. And a lot of times it's kind of sad, but they don't stay in Missouri. You know, a lot, you know, it, Mizzou, you know, Mizzou would be a lot better program if some of those, those athletes and stuff would stay in Missouri, but they tend to go on to other places and have success there. But um, no, I mean, there's been some nice teams lately. Uh, there's a team in class three, Stratford, Missouri, who pretty much set the, the state record and wins. I think they won about 110 or so in a row, won the last four wow. state championships and, the, the Haley Frank there is going to go on to Mizzou next year. And, and then just right down the, the road here at uh, Columbia Rockbridge, Jill Nagel, who's a, I mean, one of the best coaches, a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, when, if anybody knows Sophie Cunningham, that played for Mizzou and now is playing for Phoenix Mercury, just got drafted. Um, she, you know, she won Jill 
a handful of, of state championships, four state championships in a row over there. So there's, there is, there's some great basketball. And, and a lot of times, you know, at, even at, at the, at the small class level, but you just don't hear about them stuff in Missouri. Yeah. And this appears, you kind of remind me, uh, I coached in Kentucky just for a little while and the bad, they love basketball out there, but I, I tell you, I mean, there's some good coaches in Missouri from what I hear. Tell us about, Kind of the coaches in Missouri, some of the different styles. Uh, just kind of, kind of, uh, just kind of explain. You know, really the coaching, the coaching styles in Missouri, particularly on the girls' side. Uh, you know, I think you get a little bit of, of everything, kind of like probably anywhere else. You know, um, um, the thing with girls' basketball that I like is you can do a lot, and that's one thing with with the ball press, which makes it helps it kind of maybe excel at the girls' level. I mean, it's great. I know a lot of coaches who have a lot of success with it at the boys' level. But the girls' level, when girls can't make certain passes, they don't have the strength as boys as boys do. That, that's what kind of, I think, sets it apart with the girls' side because you can take in with your press part, you can cheat certain players up or, or so because you know girls can't make that long diagonal skip pass and stuff. But right. what, what's, what's strange about it, you know, and, and going back to your question, you know, we, we see, you know, a lot of the coaches I know just have different philosophies. Some of them, you see a lot of man-to-man, um, teams that like the pressure, you don't, you don't really. It seems like around here, you don't see too many that full court press as much, and maybe that's why. That's one of the reasons why we kind of, um, you know, have kind of had a lot more success because we take and spend a lot of time on our press, and we do something totally different. We take and press, make some misses, so we don't. And I'll talk about that later on. I'm sure you'll probably ask, but we we just don't give you let you um, take a break. I guess on the court. But um, so you, you know, going back to your court, you, we see a lot of different things around here. You know, a lot of man to man, a lot of teams that just go zone, and then you have a lot of those coaches who take and tend to um, kind of mix and match depending on the scouting report. Um, we we last year, um, we we te- people play us man to man defense, and then after we would kind of maybe attack off the dribble, you know, right away and get some easy baskets. You know, then they would go zone the rest of the time. So uh, I think it's like kind of like anywhere else, you just different philosophies and. I'm just surprised with with um, when Cisco's video did did my ball press and put it out there, and you know I got coaches calling from all over, and kind of like let's say with with you at the podcast, um, you would think more people around here would kind of take note and do more of that, but they just haven't, you know. So it kind of sets our program apart from from uh, from others. That's that's what kind of you know when when people talk about Boonville Lady Fire basketball, they think about our defense. That's the first thing that comes to mind. That's the identity you it want, is. right? It is. And in day one, when I got here, um, I made sure that was – they bought into it. You know, everybody loves the offensive side, scoring the points and, and, you know, shooting the basketball. And I told them I'm not worried about how many points are up on the scoreboard. I'm more, more worried about, you know, keeping other teams to, you know, a uh, uh, low field goal percentage and lower points on the board. And it, it took about a season or so, but then it, they, they really bought into it. And we've done a good job of, you know, anytime we have T-shirts or something made, there's probably usually something about defense on it. Um, so it lets them, the community, know how much we we take and, um, I say, put into making our defense pretty solid. Yeah, and this is what I want you to share. Uh, and, of course, you're going to talk about probably your culture and your, your whole program. But um, I'm kind of doing a series now on really unique defenses. And I'll be honest with you, we run it. But there's very few schools that run it, you know, we run it just like you do in your different levels sure. and so forth. And we 
we love pressing on misses because nobody can prepare no. for that um, unless you have just a great guard. And that happens every once in a while. Hey, Coach, tell me about – I learned the I learned the press from Lauren Wallace's video, old VHS video. <laughs> I <got> it, yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I, I just – I thought I was so impressed with that. And, um, of course, you're running a lot of those same drills uh, and so forth, but you also have your own drills. Tell me about your philosophy. You've already kind of said it behind using that you know, ball press. What is your basic philosophy behind well, it? Well, you speak of Lauren Wallace. That's, you know, that's pretty much besides when my video came out, that's the only thing you could find. And you could tell it was an older style video. And I remember Quincy, Illinois is within an hour from where I grew up. So that's kind of where I started learning about the ball press and everything. And uh, going back to, you know, I used to be, when I first started coaching at Scotland and Clark, you know, I would switch up defenses quite a bit. I would take and run uh, a lot of man-to-man. Like when I was with the Scotland kind of girls, we would go switching man-to-man, uh, full, just full court, all-out denial press. And then about halfway through the season, we started putting in some 1-3-1, one, one, some 2-3, and we just kind of switch up on the fly. Um, and then going into my last year there, this group wasn't going to be as quick, I guess, or as athletic as uh, the groups before them. So I wanted to go something different defensively, but still be able to take and get, you know, kind of, you know, dictate the tempo a little bit. And if we want to speed teams up, we could. If we want to slow them down, we could. Still get trapping opportunities so we could still take, maybe shoot gaps and get easy layups out in transition. And my old coach from uh, high school, um, Greg Bisher, who won a state championship over at Sturgeon, Missouri, um, he ran it for a number of years. So I started picking his brain about the ball press quite a bit. And then I started picking other people's brain because really the ball press started um, in down around St. Louis, Collisville, Illinois, kind of um, Virgil Fletcher, I think was kind of the one who kind of created it, yes. came up with the idea. And so a lot of, you'll see a lot of those disciples like Lauren Wallace when he was over at, at uh, Lincoln and then, then at Quincy and then Neil Alexander, I picked his brain about it a little bit. Cal Hubbard, who was at normal U high back in the nineties, early two thousands, who had a lot of success. Brian Ray does a great job of pacing Seymour, a really good friend of mine. Um, and uh, trying to think here, who else? Uh, Ryan Weber. If you ever want to talk to Ball Press, Ryan Weber's great. He's up at the uh, up the Quad Cities up in Illinois at uh, okay. East Moline, I believe now. And he's probably one of the um, you know great coaches who spends a lot of time on it and stuff. So so going back though, it um I wanted to do something where it didn't matter if you were you know um, quick or a little bit slower. You had tall players, shorter players. Um, I just wanted to take and have something you could do every year as kind of like a system-type defense and adjust it to whatever you um, you needed, I guess. So um, we took with that next year. Scotland County decided to take and put it in. And uh, we run it a little bit different here than we ran it then. But um, I just wanted something where um, teams had to maybe prepare a little bit different for Um and like I say, you can run it in different variations, different levels and stuff, and still get a lot of things out of it. Yeah, I, I just love it. When I was, I remember watching your video. Um, and actually, I just watched it the other day as well. You don't have, and I go, I, I looked at it and I said, man, that's kind of like our team. We have a bunch of, we don't have poor athletes. We don't have great athletes. They're all about the yeah. same size. We're small. We're small, and I says, we're going to have to extend our defense and really be aggressive defensively. And I, one thing I noticed with your girls was they weren't really tremendous athletes, very aggressive, very quick. 
you had one or two that were a little bit higher level as far as aggressiveness and so forth. But I noticed they were all very similar size. It's almost a perfect defense for them. Yeah, and they are. And when I first got here, we had a lot of girls. And even on the video, because the video, we had some girls. uh, We did it in the summer here about three years ago. We had girls that were going to be on the the next year's team. But then I also brought some of the girls back from the the state team, the Final Four team. Um, And back then, we had a lot of – it wasn't unusual for us to have a few girls six foot or older or or taller. And now it's to the point where our tallest girl is probably 5'9", 5'10". So it's a little bit different because they wouldn't have length. In the zone press, when you have length and, and add in some athleticism, uh, especially with girls basketball, that's that can be kind of dangerous to a point. So, because uh, a lot right. of those lanes that look open to pass through, uh, they can take and make look open, but then eventually kind of take them away. So, um, it, it's a little bit different now than what it was, like say three or four years ago. But um, going back to that previous question, one the, one of the first things I selling points, you know, when I first got here, I had to kind of sell it to my team. Basically, first first side of open gym just said, "Hey, we're going to do something different that no one else does," you know. And I need you guys to kind of buy in on this because a lot of it's just you have to be a salesman yourself and get them to believe. Yeah, sure. I said, well, you know, we're going to take and press off makes and misses because no one I've played against has ever done that. And so that's going to take you guys to take and you know be in you know good condition. You guys are going to have to communicate. You guys are going to have to, um, you know, you're going to have to take and make sure you get good traps and work your angles. And um, the ball press, and and they could start seeing throughout the year. Um, you know, we struggled that first year, but you you could see it. You could see a glimpse of since we were so young, we had no seniors. You could see glimpses of us and how it could be over the next couple of years. And so that that first part of that, like building that culture on that defense, was just kind of selling it to, hey, we're doing something different that no one else does. And if you guys play hard and, and play the correct way, uh, you'll be rewarded for it. Yeah, and players want that, man. They want an identity, don't they? I, I, yes. Well, I, I'm going to go back to your last statement you made, Coach, and, and that was me. I ran like like four or five different defenses. We were not good at any of them, but we were okay. Yes. Um, and we never got great at anything. Don't you like the one defense philosophy? It is because then we can just take and spend three, you know, two or three different defenses, you know, and be kind of average at, at all of them, or this is what we're going to run now in the last year. Or so we've kind of added a little, some different kind of twist to them. You know, like this year we ran at times, we ran some two, two, one, just to kind of give a different, okay. just to give a different look for a little bit. And sometimes, you know, if teams are beating us in the high post or this, we might go to a two, three and maybe try to trap out a bit, but it's, they still, it's still the same concepts. And those are still good defenses because you're carrying over, those same things that you learn with the one, two, two, with the ball pressing, trapping and angles and this and that. So we'll throw different variations just to kind of keep teams, you know, off a little bit, keep them guessing. But when it comes down to it, um, the girls know coming in here, you know, it's all about the one, two, two and, um, and and what it can do for our team. Hey, tell me about, I I know you don't have a diagram board right here, so it's kind of hard to say on a podcast, but teach our, I want you to teach our coaches, first of all, the different levels and just kind of teach them the teach them the press and try. I know it's hard to explain it, but um, I think it's a really simplified press. I don't know why more coaches aren't using it, but I, I absolutely love it. But kind of teach us a little bit, kind of kind of coaches sure. up a little bit. Sure. OK, well, ours, you know, like when we see the one, two, two press, we're not talking just in the now I got four levels 
So, you know, it's, it's pretty much the quarter court is back when like, you know, when everything breaks down and that's, that's where, you know, what most people consider their half court defense, we call it the quarter court because our half court is more of when we push the press back um, to when we, we trap them right when they come over half court. So it's, it's an extended, you know, it's an extension out of the quarter court. The base defense when it comes to the ball press is out of the three quarter court. So our pickup point for the top of our press and we number our, our, our athletes based on position you know so if you think about a one two two the one is the very top person who's got to be have a motor on them and honestly you probably need about two or three of them on your team because they're going to get tired because they're doing a lot of chasing so the pickup point for the actual ball press is the free throw line okay in the backcourt the twos are my wings so their job is to get a foot in the center circle to start off with Okay, they can't be too spread out because that's going to open up a pass to the middle. So they have to make sure, you know, they, they're not, their hands aren't touching, but at least get a foot. Their inside foot is in the center circle. Our threes are usually in the, in the, the one on top, like I said, can be going back to the one. We have had different sizes. We've had girls who were taller, who had length. We've had girls who were shorter, who were quicker. Sometimes it's some of my better teams. We've had a mixture. So you're giving teams different looks, you know, uh, throughout the game, just based on who's on the top of your, of your ball press the two's got to be quick because they're taking sprinting out of traps or rotating they got to cover both sides a little bit uh, so they're usually guards then we have our backs which we refer to as threes and they're usually about 15 feet behind the twos somewhere probably around the top of the key to the elbow in the front court um, and again that's where you know if you have a, maybe a slower pl- or a player you know, that'd probably be the spot um, you can probably kind of hide them because you can do things to kind of help them out but that's usually that's the base of the one two, or the of the ball press of one two two. Uh, we will go what we call thumbs up, where if we want to speed teams up or just give them a different look, we will take an extend, almost like a diamond and one press. So we'll move it up on the ball. Really, the one doesn't go up on the ball; they'll kind of hang back, maybe between the the uh, the blocks. Twos will be somewhere around the elbows. Threes will be towards half court. And on that one, okay. instead of letting the ball come to us, sometimes we'll do like a quick trap right when they get in, kind of like a diamond and one. We'll go trap it just to speed teams up because one of the things teams try to do is they'll try to spread you out and uh, and take and kind of ping pong the ball across. And so we try to, you know, instead of letting them dictate the tempo, we'll go ahead and take it to them a little bit more and let um, try to speed them up. So when they come across half court, you know, they're they're already you know trying to make extra passes or shooting up quick shots and kind of it benefits us. But uh, so those are the pickup points. Okay. So, again, you have the quarter court, the half court, the three quarter court, which is usually your base, and then what we call thumbs up, which some people call something else, where they're up on the up on the ball. And usually when it comes to the ball press, when the ball comes in, usually it's somewhere probably around free throw line extended, our one's job is to push them to a side. And we've there's been times where we give them different options they can do. They can pressure the ball, which majority of the time they do, force them at the sideline. They can take and hang back maybe towards in the passing lane between the two guards, or they can take and bluff and run at them like they're going to pressure and then peel back, just kind of keep them off balance, just kind of keep them guessing. But I said the majority of the time our, our one usually goes up and, and pressures and pushes them down the sideline. Um, while they're doing that, everybody, once the ball is picked to a side, it's almost it's just like man-to-man. You know, It has a lot of those man-to-man concepps. You on the floor. And you have the twos kind of coming over uh, the three line. And we're trying to push that ball into what we refer to as a one-two trap, 
which is in the backcourt. Um, you know, most coaches have those volleyball lines to work with, uh, that spike line or that 10-foot line, whatever they call it. Um, we'll try to trap anywhere in the front or the backcourt in between those lines with a good one-two trap. And then uh, the backside two, people can picture this. They're taking away short middle. The backside three is taking away deep middle. And then your ball side three moves over towards the sideline, looking to take away any pass down the sideline. And they will usually make it look open, but be close enough they can take it away and steal it. Because I know with girls basketball, people don't like being trapped. So they're going to try to take and get that ball out of their hands quickly. So if, if they think that pass is open up the sideline, make them think it's open, but be close enough you can get a, a deflection and a steal from it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, we actually have – we. Coach, I'm very fortunate. I have one girl that – I mean, she's an unbelievable player. She's at the top of mm -hmm. my press. I'm telling you, she must get – I mean, she gets a lot of steals and so forth just up top. Um, well, we get a little bit hurt when she doesn't rotate down to the sure. elbow and cover the rebounding spots. But it's a, it, it's perfect for what we're doing right now. Um, no middle, right? I mean, you we, we, we talk about no middle. We talk about the circles yes. in the middle. Uh, we talk about protecting, get the ball out of the middle. That's hard to do, it isn't is, it? And that's the main thing. Again, you know, we focus on angles, making sure you take the proper angles angles to a, to a trap. And, yes, you know, our trapping is up the sideline. So, like anything else, any zone defense, you want to keep the ball out of that middle third. And, um, you know, most offenses, you know, you think about how you attack a zone, you want to get the ball into the middle. So you have outlets and stuff. But so our job is to make sure you protect the middle. They have to go around us. So, even when we get that first initial one-two trap, we will take it. If they want to pass it back to the trailer, that is fine because that pass is going, that's going through us. You know, I don't care if it's to, you know, right past the center circle into the uh, front court, if it's to line, we want to take those outlets away, make them go around us because that's where we can trap. And then and one thing we might do different is, I know Lauren Wallace, you can, can run a lot of, what we call two, three traps. They'll bring that trap uh, with the, uh, the wing anymore. We try to, even if they reverse the ball, let's say you get a good one, two trap in the backcourt and they quickly reverse it. We will sprint out of there at an angle. Again, everything's angle sprint to the middle floor at an angle. And then if they quickly reverse it again to the, the other side of the court, we will try to put pressure from our two. And if they want to speed dribble up the sideline, that's where Lauren Wallace a lot of times would bring up his back, his three, and get a two-three trap. We will try – we'll chase our one across, and we'll have that two turn turn that uh, ball handler back into another one-two trap. So our whole thing more in the press part is we try to get as many one-two traps just so, you know, teams don't – if you get a, a three coming up too high, they throw over top. Happen. Um, so that's something we've kind of, you know, drilled – over the years. So we'll try to get as many one, two traps. Our, our basic rule is we try to trap, we try to one, two trap any ball that is dribbled across half court, any ball that is passed across okay. half court. We will then try to two, three trap. Yeah. I was, I'm just going to ask you that. What's your philosophy? Um, I guess it's based on opponent. I would imagine it's opponent too. Cause today in our practice, um, you know, we we were talking about all right. What do you do? You're you're not going to trap a great ball handling point guard the same as a poor one, right? Um, and we talk about really trying to funnel her, almost bring almost bring the trappers 
more together and kind of angle her down that sideline instead of just running up there, sprinting up. Because those great ball handlers will attack very that much, gap. Very much so. And, and, you know, you almost like it's almost like you're trying to just corral her, just keep her in front of you. Yeah. Absolutely. Take, and that's where angles come into. Um, that's why they're so important. Because if, you know, on a one-two trap, if the two jumps out and plays a little bit too flat, they'll just take and, you know, and if the one isn't hit on the ball right there, you know, even with the ball, they'll just split you. Now you got two defenders behind the basketball, which can be be trouble. So we tell them, you know, you got to make sure you're, you're angled. And then when they get close, you got to corral, corral them into a trap. So, you know, we'll do different things. There's some years, ball handler, and we've, we've, we've defended a number of girls who went on and played high-level basketball where we will, we will try to do our best to get the ball out of their hands. You know, so if it comes – and again, but like you said, we might have to – we can't be as aggressive with them. We have to, like, corral them into a, a trap and just kind of give, give, give a little bit and then trap them when they come across or something just so they don't take and kill us with the split or, or whatever they're doing. And then when it gets down to the quarter court with those good ball players, we'll take and, um, you know, if they're on the wing or something, the ball goes to the corner. I know we haven't talked about it. We might not go trap that. We'll maybe play more passing lane back just so we're that much closer to her. So we, we try to communicate as much as possible and kind of make sure everyone, we're constantly talking, making, letting all the players know, and, and me definitely from the bench, where the shooters are and where their key players are, um, just so they kind of know um, what to do, I guess. Yeah, I mean, what's so fun about the defense, Coach? And and I'm sure you feel the same way. Is there so many different ways? If you were playing multiple defenses, I think the kids get confused. But with one defense, it's almost like the Packers sweep. I mean, you can trap the corner, oh, yeah. you can plug it. You know, I mean, tell me how many different well, things that, you can do. What, you know, uh, <laughs> Greg Bisher, my my coach in high school, when we got talking about this, you know, a number of years ago, he's like, you know, if you think about it. You know, teams play, like you said, play. You're playing one, but by giving teams different looks, like the, you know, it's, it's almost like playing multiple defenses, even though the rules. So even though most, even though you're telling your team you're playing one, really playing multiple defenses because of the different looks. Like track. Uh, press. And one thing we've tried to do over the years um, is anytime we get a steal and convert to a wide open layup. I mean, no one, you know, it's just basically go ahead and push up on the ball, thumb up. Because a lot of times when you get that steal, the other team doesn't hustle back. As and here they So there's a different look that they maybe didn't prepare for. And the best thing I told the girls was, you have to prepare for this. You know, so you know leading into a, a game, the other team has to take time out of their practice to work on things they need to for themselves to work on your defense. And even then, you know it's with their lower end of their varsity or it's their JV, so you know it's not going to be dead. Well, you know, so uh, that plays the – us knowing the the time commitment and you have to prepare for especially with the pressing off misses you have to yeah it's that psychological advantage right i mean that's what we want uh and i know you i know teams don't like to play i i would imagine 
Coach, tell me about your drills. I love like the figure eight drill. Heck, we just did the 10 four yes. drill today. Um, but tell me, t- what, what is your, you don't have to give me all the drills because I want to force my coaches to buy your video. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so hey, maybe I can get a commission off of, I don't, I don't know, but, um, <laughs> um, but tell me your best drill that you run with your defense. You know, one I picked up from, um, uh, Ryan Weber and it's one that we've been running here the last couple of years and it's not on the video, but for the three quarter, okay. he does, he did a, a five on five shell drill traps, you know, wind trap when, when we should, you know, when we should basically when it gets a move and that to take in. But I'd say it's one of the best ones in a man or anything they do. We do a lot of those. But this I thought was the best one for the yeah, court. So about two minutes here because it's take a little bit of time to explain. But we'll start off by sure. In our three-quarter core press. So our pickup point is you put two offensive players, the free throw line extended, like in the backcourt. You just stick somebody in the middle of the floor in the two players back along the extended front. So like ping pong it across into our press. Okay, moving on because one of the main don't wait until the catch when that ball leaves their hands and you see ball into your next spot. Beat the ball, ball crossed. We will they will throw it back across. So sprint okay to our original. the guard will take and again it's yeah. They will take and dribble up the sideline into a one-two trap while everybody else rotates to their spots behind it. They will then drag it out. Because one of our rules when I've talked to other coaches about is the, the top player dictates the pickup point. So the twos are auto, always playing 15 feet behind the one. The threes are always playing around 15 feet behind the twos. So if that one pushes up, okay. the twos have to push up. So we take away those gaps. So, again, we'll dribble into that trap, one-two trap. We'll drag it out, and they'll get to the original spot. We'll throw it across, guard to guard. They will dribble up the sideline quickly into a one-two trap. Again, we're the three. The ball side three is taking away sideline. Everybody else is rotating. They will drag it back out. They'll throw it back across. Now we take and throw it ahead over to one of the, the players in the front court. So now it becomes a two-three trap. Okay, so right when the guard gets it, they just throw it ahead, and they sprint into a 2-3 trap. He throws it back. Again, there's no over and back in this drill. They will throw it back across the okay. timeline, back to the guard. Everybody sprints to their spot based on where the ball is. We throw it across the court. We throw it up the other sideline Okay, into a 2-3 trap. They throw it back. Everybody rotates back to the original spot. This time, we will dribble into a 1-2 trap, and when they trap it, We'll pick it up and we'll throw it across the court, across the half court, okay, up the sideline into a two-three trap. Because that could happen. It happens quite a bit in the games. They take and throw it back, drag it out, throw it across. Same thing on the other side. Eventually, it'll come back to the original person. 
And then we throw that long diagonal skip and we basically just rotate over to the ball. There's no trap. We don't trap long skips. The back, the back side right. three will take it. The back side, the, the other three will move over and everybody, you know, the, the, um, uh, the two will take and bump the three back. The one rotates to the top of the key area and then the, the backside two rotates to the back of the, uh, backside block, backside elbow area. And then we stop the clock. Sure. So we'll take and do that. And that you think about how many trips it's exhausting, even telling you, but, um, think about how many trips that is moving the ball where you know, we try to get that done in about 40, 45 seconds. And it, it's, it's a good conditioner as well, but it teaches them. So you're like, trying to, you're trying to time it. Are you timing it? Coach? Try, um, yeah. And a lot of that's going to be based on the, and I'll be the, like the primary ball or the one that makes the first pass and stuff. And, and, and then the other guard will kind of mimic what I do when they get the ball. But usually we try to take and get that done within about 40, 45 seconds. And if, if you want to, I've seen coaches, I know Ryan Weber, he'll take and he's talking about, you know, somebody's out of position. Like, let's say, you know, somebody doesn't sprint out of a trap and protect middle or something. Any little thing they do that's incorrect, they'll start it over. So there's motivation there as well because they have to get to their spot because if they don't, they've just wasted a number of seconds and they have to start over. And they're usually drained at, at, at the end of it. It's a good right. conditioner, but it also teaches you know teaches you where to one two trap, teaches you where to two three trap. It teaches your rotations. Is three four core shell drill to take and do. Yeah, I would love to get like a video of that, or uh, I, I love to get that drill. I mean, you explained it great, by the way, but I love to see it, and uh, I love to get a hold of Coach Weber as well. Hopefully, I can get that information sure. from you. Um, I think he'd be ideal, man. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> get my ball press experts on here. You know hey, what I'm saying? That's a drill that wasn't in in the video. It's one I just picked up here the last couple of years. But I would say when it comes to the three-quarter court, that's probably the one of the best ones to do because you get all five players involved. When it comes to, like, the quarter court, you know, once we do – we talked earlier about the figure. My assistant will take the, the threes, the backs, down on one end and just like the video showed, they'll be doing the figure eight drill, which basically shows the rotations of what the bottom two players are doing, you know, based on where the ball is. At the other side of the court, I'm working the top three players, my one and my twos, um, in relation to the ball and stuff. So that's where we'll introduce, you know, what to do if there's a one guard front. Then we'll eventually we'll make it a two guard front and we'll uh, introduce the uh, the one two traps in the quarter court. Because just because we, just because of press, when it goes from three quarter court to the quarter court, we are continually – if we can get a good one-two trap, we're, we're, we're trapping all over the place out front and stuff. But then we put it together with a five-on-eight, and we'll do a lot of stuff out of that five-on-eight drill. So if, if coaches can imagine you got five players in the five spots along the perimeter, then we put a player at – an offensive player at each block, and we stick one at the high post. And then we defend that with our five defenders in the quarter-court ball press. So basically it's a five-on-eight drill. And we always get them to believe that, hey, if you can defend five or eight players on, on offense, you'll be able to take and defend, you know, um, five offensive players in a game because the passes aren't going to be as quick and just less options and stuff. So we'll do a lot of different – that's probably when it comes to the quarter court, one of the better drills we do because we can incorporate a lot of different things. You know, if teams are good three-point shooters, we will take and put in rules where any time they get a, a good look at a three – if they shoot it, they get a point. If it goes in, they get an extra point. So now we really have to take and work on airtime, moving on airtime, because we know that if they got 
we give them an inch, they're going to shoot it, and that's going to be a point for them. And then we, so we do a lot of point system stuff to make it competitive type thing. So um, we'll do that. If teams have a big inside game, we'll, we'll emphasize the inside game and try to defend it as well. Or if they screen along the baseline, we'll tell our, our people in that shell drill, you got to make sure you try to pop one of those threes when they come across on screen for the, the, uh, the girl standing in the corner um, on the perimeter. So the, the five on eight drill that you see on the video is probably one of the better ones because you can do so much stuff out of it as well. Yeah, I love the disadvantage of that. I mean, <clears throat> I'm surprised coaches don't do more of that. Uh, uh, I see, of course, I see more five on zero than anything when I go mm-hmm. watch practices, and I I can never understand why. Um, I believe that everything should be more game like. Uh, I even am at that point now where I almost do less drills and more five on five. What's your belief uh, on? That? I agree, and I've even seen my even on the offensive end of late. Um, I've gotten into doing more, you know, short-sided games type things. So instead of, and one coach yeah. I've talked to of lately has talked about, um, you know, how, you know, you, you do a lot of that, just each person get a ball and you get in the line, you kind of work on moves and stuff, you know, crossovers, whatever it is behind the back. He said, you know, you throw them into like a one-on-one situation or two-on-two, they're eventually going to do that move anyway because they have to in order to, to keep the drill kind of going. So um, we try to do everything. Yeah like you said, more live, even with the scrimmage, like day one of our practice, you know, we might introduce them with that five on five shell, but we're going to play some type of just throw them out there. You know, sometimes it's like, I don't care what the offense does to, to break the press. You guys can line yourself any way you want. We're going to at least throw you out there and let you guys scrimmage it just so you get your feet wet on the, what we, you know, try to press off, make some misses. And then we'll start correcting you from there on. So and like I said, we do that from day one. Uh, in the in the full court and even in the half court to a point, um, and then again we'll do those some of those breakdown drills as we go. But like I said, a lot of our breakdown drills we'll put some type of competitive, um, you know, point system or motivation or something uh, just to make it where you're you're just not out there going through the motions. There's there's a reason for what you're doing. Yeah, I think emphasis is so huge. I mean, we're doing that now with our rebounding. Um, of course, this is not a rebounding <laughs> podcast, but 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 rebounding is important because the one two two. If you're a scrambling coach, yeah. right, you better be able to check and go or find somebody. And we, I mean, we really work on that a lot. I mean, our girls, you know that our, the girls got they got to yeah. hustle. And, and that's kind of one thing. Really, that's kind of been one of our our overall weaknesses. You know, they've always said, you know, um, one of the weaknesses of any zone is re- you don't know where you're going to be. Right. And who you're like, I try to emphasize. And, and we used to do a lot of rebounding drills. Over the last couple of years, we've really slimmed it down to, I think it's more of, I'm going to that whole philosophy of it's what I emphasize, not what I kind of teach. I think so. It's like when we do certain drills, like the five on eight, or we do a scrimmage, we will take and we'll give, it's kind of like your 10 4 drill, you know, where you're given points. You can do. We'll give the offense uh, offense two points for the offensive board, so that lets the defense know you better make sure you block out. You better at least at least, at least go attack. If you don't hit somebody, go get the ball. Ask them. jump up, rebound. Usually they wait. For get it. So just yeah. Yeah, that, that's the biggest problem. Yeah, we have to work on it every day on um, 
extending out of your comfort mm-hmm. zone. And we have to work on that constantly, coach, with our kids. Cause we don't, I have some kids that can do it, but even my, even my good ones, but I just noticed with girls basketball, the high over the top rebound, you got to really, you got to skill that and drill yeah. that. Yeah, right? you do. You do. And like I said, we, here we are, just got done with year seven. I still have problems with, uh, like I said, girls taking a lot of times they just kind of stand there and, and, uh, want that ball to come to them when you got to go get it and stuff. And, and that's, <laughs> that, that's really when it comes to yeah. as good as our defense has, has gotten us and stuff. That's one of those, like I said, one of those areas where we can still definitely improve on. So. Yeah, and I appreciate you know you sharing about your defense. Now I know you only you just don't play defense all the time, Coach. I know you play offense. Talk about how you coordinate because I'm very interested in how you you connect or coordinate your defense to your offense. Tell me a little bit about your okay, system. Offensively, offense. you know we talk about our our pillars and stuff and how you know we want three transition quickly. We try to you know we try to take and wear teams out. Because we're going to wear them out on defense because of our trapping and our constant pressure. But we don't want them to relax, you know, when they're on defense. So we're constantly, if we get a rebound or something, we're pushing the ball up in transition, trying to get, you know, a quick shot if it's a good shot. I'm not Grinnell styles where you, you know, take up the first shot. You know, we, if you have a look and it's the right player, we will take an early shot. Besides that, we, we're going to take and try to be as this and get good shot selection. Essentially, we're always looking to attack. That could be, you know, disruptive defense. Those are three pillars we want to take and do. Offensively, out of the ball, I think we have somewhere around 17. When it comes we, in most of us, but, uh, Take you make a basket, and then we're in our transition. Typical transition. We'll run some. Um, we we try to get the ball in as far up the uh, the court as possible. Fine, um, and we'll go right into. So we'll, it. So. We just try to take and you know go. We do. We practice a lot of and and this is talking about like we will break it down. I think you learn a lot by just like last night, third night of team camp. I'll just start and we'll try to learn as you go. Okay, they'll do something. Okay, you know I saw what you did, but maybe this. You guys could have taken maybe staggered away for first in the corner when we run five out. So we'll go in. Used to be a read and react guy, um, but anymore, I say a true motion because we do a lot of different. And then and incorporated, we we got athletes who take you off the dribble, uh, so we don't mind. You know, we'll. T- but we're always trying to put – our whole thing is trying to put pressure on the defense. Don't let them sit back because we, we want that time where they're going to crack because they're just worn out. So so that's pretty much what we try to do offensively. Like I say, it's more of a motion type thing. 
just get the ball up, get, you know, screen for, for shooters, just get some movement going and just make the right decision off cuts and, 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 uh, and get the, uh, maybe not a quick shot, but just get the best shots we can. Yeah, absolutely. On that, I think we're, I'm a little crazy, actually. We, we try to get, um, we spread people out. We, we love the mm-hmm. five out here. Um, I got a bunch of guards and so forth. We, um, like today, we worked a lot on driving kick, drive, kick, drive. Um, I believe girls, if you can have a team that can penetrate, drive, kick, I think that's a valuable mm-hmm. weapon. Um, but you better have some shooters, yeah. right, Coach? We can talk all we want. You better have some three-point yes, shooters, right? you do. And, <laughs> um, like last year, you know, we, we felt we had three-point shooters, and we do have three-point shooters. But when it came down to the end of it, the end of looking at our statistics at the end of the season, we weren't as good as three pointer shooters as we were with the free throw line. And, <laughs> and with all the, the other people and stuff, we know at times we're going to make free throws. We need to take a workout. You know, we averaged about 64 points a game last year. And, and our That's free great. throw percentage wasn't, I mean, it, it might have been maybe 60. Um, our three point percentage at the end of the season was maybe upper 20s maybe and nothing exceptional so we're like you know if, if you guys could have just taken and knocked down a few more free throws each game and knocked down maybe one or two more threes heck we could have put up 70 or so points sure and it's around here a, a, a high percentage for girl or a high points per game for for girls and stuff so but uh um yes yeah, screening get curls and drive the basket just because you know it seems like the game anymore is going to and, and i totally understand that it's layups or threes, you know, the mid range kind of becoming yeah. obsolete and you, you know, statistics and stuff, stuff show you that, uh, you might as well be shooting the three compared to the two and stuff. So we try to get to the rack as much as possible, but we will try to drive and kick and, and as much as we can as well. Yeah. I don't see too many girls that can pull up. I have one girl though, that she has a great mid range. She's well, she's a, she's an all round player. I mean, very lucky. But uh, very few girls that can go mid-range, that pull-up. I don't see too many. I don't know about Missouri, no. but. Um, there's a team we play from Springfield. And if you know anything about Missouri, Southwest Missouri. It's, it's, that's for the team Skyline, who has bounced around between Class 2 and Class 3. Um, Coach Cheeks there the, those girls they pick you or just rip and get by you and they can pull up and just they're just as nasty at the mid range as they are the three. Wow. Yeah. Mid range can be a
You're perfect. Perfect. Okay. I am finally offered. I even have a voice today because I got summer school in the mornings. Then last camp and this week we've had team camp. So it's rest time for Coach Hunsiker, I guess, the rest of the week. I would say that first year of Scotland County, um, I could just tell it was, uh, and, and we ran it a little bit different. We were probably more conservative that year um, than we were here at Boonville. You know, back when I first started running it seven or eight years ago, we did not trap, like in the quarter court, we only trapped the baseline corners. We did not trap out top. Um, I started putting that, when I got here to Boonville, I started becoming a little bit more aggressive all over at all different levels just because of, I had a, definitely a different type of athlete plus we had a little bit more depth but what, that first year at scotland county the the girls when the season ended and everything it really wasn't quite a game like a one true game it was more of the opinion of the girls when the season ended because um like i said we have played many different types of defenses from two three to one three one to man to man and it always came back to we call it blue or it's our blue defense they're like uh, no we love the blue we want to continue with the blue and, and then when I came here, it was just the, the quick buy-in. And there's times where we'll, we'd go man-to-man just to practice, and they're, like, looking forward to going back to the, the blue. And, I, and the reason that's the most important is because then you knew you had 100% buy-in. They believed in that defense. They saw what it could do. And, and I'm sure at Scotland County, if I had been there another year or so, you'd have seen it. You know, that first year is kind of the, the experimental year. And then by year two, teams – and this is what I always tell coaches who call me about it. I said, just – Make sure don't go away. You know, you might take and get beat some games by it with it and stuff. Just be patient. You know, don't don't switch up defenses and, and just, you know, because it's it's not working or something, just stay with it because by year two, your girls will pick up on certain things and it'll be that much better. You know, they start uh, they start anticipating more and, and better and, and they're just smarter with their reads and stuff. It's just like motion offense. Motion offense, you know, by between year one and two, two and three. The more they do it, the better they become at the small things. So I would say definitely it's probably that first year of Scotland County early on when I started running it, where it was just the whole buy-in process because it was something different. They knew other teams didn't run it, um, and they knew that was like you said, it's like our identity. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because then it's not – at the end of the season, you're not sitting around thinking, okay, what's this next group? You know, we have to run a different defense because of the personnel and stuff. These girls these girls know coming in this is what we're going to do. Now, we might run some different variations. Certain teams we might run more compared to other years. Um, but they know what to expect, and, and we don't sit around, you know, coming up with a different defense for the next year. So it's uh, – a um, you know, which, which is nice, you know, nice to just knowing what you're going to do.
No, and, you know, a lot of coaches, when it comes to that, they still see it as it's his own defense. And I know you get the, the, some of the people talking about how, you know, it's, it's not zone, zone defense is just, it's a no, which I've always said, if coaches want to run man to man, that is great. Like, even in my, if I have elementary traveling teams or junior high teams that want to take in, now so I want you to run what you're comfortable running because I cannot be there to run it because we're doing our own thing at the high school and we're in a different building. They're downtown about three miles away, downtown where we're out by the interstate. So make sure you run what you're comfortable doing. But if you're going to do man-to-man, that's fine because we can take a lot of those man-to-man principles and they carry over to the ball press with, with your different, you know, your pressure and, you know, getting in gaps and stuff and post defense and stuff. So that can always benefit it. Um, now, like my daughter, they They've had a competitive traveling team the last couple of years, and they ball press. So they're, I got this group that's been ball pressing since they were fourth graders. The fourth, fifth, they'll probably do in the next few years. So when they get in high school, it should be a well-oiled machine, I would hope, you know, by that time. But with my feeder program, I give them a lot of freedom. Um, we do have good communication, and I've had coaches in the past who they're like, we would love to run it, and then they run it. And I've had other coaches who I, can, I just know that they're just – maybe not comfortable doing it. A lot of gray area, and they're more of a black and white coach or something where um, Uh, you know, an introduction to it. So when they get older, they already kind of know some of the concepts and stuff. So that's pretty much, you know, um, kind of what we do with our feeder systems and stuff. So they, but like I said, they know coming into it what they're going to be doing, especially if they come to games and stuff. They know what they're going to be doing when they get to high school. Yeah. Yeah, laid back coach, and I'm just, you know, whatever whatever you guys feel comfortable with. I just want them just make sure when they get to me, they know fundamentals and they have some concepts of either zone or some man defense. And then I can, I can go from there. But, but like anything, if you have your system, it, it would be 100% the perfect you know situation. If you had everyone below you running it, you know, I know Neil Alexander over at uh, Lincoln, Illinois, and a lot of these coaches I know, I mean, they're taught, you know, that defense up, from younger age all the way through high school. So it does, it definitely has its, its benefits as well. Yeah, yes. Oh, by far, by far. Because I know when it comes to the ball press, I can teach that. And that summer coming into their freshman year, you know, it's like what we're doing right now. We'll get that. We'll get the basics done in the summer. And then like the small things that you really want to take and pick on, we will definitely take and get that um, 
looked at and, and accomplished, I guess, that first three or four weeks of the season before you have your first game. So my main thing is I just want them to be able to take a pass, dribble, you know, shoot properly, just kind of have a little bit of a, a you know, some knowledge of the skills and stuff that they need um, in order to succeed, I guess, in high school. Sure. Yes. I think, yeah, I'm trying to think just in general and stuff. I think, you know, a lot of coaches, I think when they're, when they first start coaching, they tend to think they maybe know everything and they're, they're stubborn and they don't go out. And so this is stuff that's not really on the, on the court. This is more just in general coaching where they don't go out and try to find a mentor or they, they think, you know, they're too good to go to clinics or buy videos or whatever. Um, And I, I would encourage them to, you know, it's like anything else with teaching and teaching you, you're always continuing to become a better teacher. Same thing with coaching find ways to take and learn more about the game, join groups. You know, right now I'm, I'm a part of a, a, a Randy Sherman. Do you know Randy Sherman? Part of the, uh, it, it's ramp radius athletics uh, mentoring program. Um, and you got coaches from all over the United States and even across, you know, around the world that, um, you know, we, we got like a group me and stuff where basically people are putting up, you know, different subjects and stuff. They talk a lot about, you know, just certain offenses, but also like analytics and, and different things that are anything associated with basketball. Um, and here, you know, I've, I've been coaching the varsity level for 14, 15 years. And I love, you know, getting on there and kind of seeing what people are doing. Um, you know, a lot of my old coaches who are mentors, I talk to them quite a bit about certain things. And, and even though I've, you know, with the ball press and I got a video and stuff out, I, t- I still talk to other coaches about the ball press because there might be something I pick up. Uh, clinics, I love going to clinics and, and taking and, and seeing what other coaches are doing. It might be, it might not be something I incorporate my, with my, my team or something, but I'm still seeing kind of what's out there and what coaches are tending, you know, to, to do offensively and defense or, or certain terminology that they take and talk about that maybe I can incorporate with uh, our language when it comes to our program and stuff. So, so I'd say with, with the younger group, um, it's don't think you, you know, a lot of times you come out of college and you're raring to go and you know, you know, everything. And when honestly you're, you probably don't. So just continue to be a student of the game. And, um, and then also, I'm one, you know, when this video came out, I've, I've gotten, I mean, you wouldn't believe how many phone calls or, or, or emails. And this is, I mean, this is my first podcast, but I've gotten a lot of different people reaching out. And I love, I love sharing. I mean, honestly, Kevin, I could take, I could talk another hour or two with you. So on this stuff. So, um, but, um, you know, when you have people picking your brain a little about stuff, be, you know, some people, they like keeping their stuff in. They don't like handing it out and kind of – I love talking the game with people, especially the ball press defense. So share as much knowledge and stuff that you have with others because, you know, that might make their program better and stuff. And at the end of the – you know, that's what it's all about, all said and done, is, is you know, educating others and game of basketball, you know, um, better things. So that's probably –
Oh, definitely. That's why I say even the clinics. I, you know, I look at the – when I go to the NBCA clinic here in Columbia, which is a great coaches association clinic here in Missouri, I mean, they get, we get a great turnout. But I look at the list, and I'm thinking, you know what, I'm not going to run this or that, but I still like going and picking up just one or two things, maybe one drill that I could take and twist to put into our ball press. Might be a man-to-man drill. There's a way you could take and tweak it to make it go towards your defense, or like I said, just the the, uh, the terminology. Or, you know, you might be playing against a coach who runs something else that they're going over, so you kind of want to see the ins and outs of a different offense, uh, knowing that you might have to defend that offense later on. So uh, there's always something you can do. Just So, again, just continue to, in your whole career, be a student of the game as much as you can. Oh, oh, definitely. You know, I, that's one of my biggest things is I like building relationships. The girls will tell you, the ones I've had in Scotland County, the ones I've had here at, at Boonville, when it comes to coaching, you know, we have, we've had a lot of success. We've won a lot of games. That's not why I coach. I mean, the coaching comes to we – have, we have one thing we do like in, over Christmas break is we have a family, what I call a family reunion. So we bring, bring back former players, and we take and go out and eat. We have like a little scrimmage, fun scrimmage, and they love it. I mean, they are always constantly asking me how they or saying, you know, I cannot wait for next year's reunion. Or when they graduate, that's one of the things they have on their, you know, one of the things they, can't, they look forward to is even though I graduated, um, I still get to come back. And I try to incorporate them as much as possible. Any of my former players, if they want to take and come back and help at a camp or, you know, come and practice, just kind of show up to practice and kind of get out there, um, you know, we'll give them their old practice jerseys and stuff and kind of let them feel like they're, they never leave the family. They never leave the team. They're always a part of it until I don't care how old they are. So, and the same thing with coaches as well. I just like networking, getting to know coaches because you never know when you have to reach out to somebody and, and get some help. Um, and, you know, they'll always repay you somehow and stuff. So relationships you know, across players to other coaches, I think is a must. Oh, yeah, and, you know, I'll even – they probably think I'm more of a dad to them, I guess. I mean, definitely, we, we've just got into huddle the last few years. And actually, last year, we did more of the huddle assist where, you know, they would break down the stats and stuff, which I'll tell you, as a coach and as a, you know, being a father of three, that's nice to have because that takes and takes a lot of, you know, that gives you more time with them. But especially with the ball press, you know, that's something we're using a little bit more. You know, we'll use kind of a little bit more next year. And then the following year, we just kind of add to it each year. But we love with our team sitting down and kind of watching film on uh, different rotations, maybe where we're giving up too much to the middle or like in the quarter court, the ball's getting to the high post, you know, here's why. So we use film as much as we can. We use the statistics, you know, we'll take a look at like points per game. We'll look at turnover percentage. Um, and we're going to start using those more as like, I think next year we're going to try to have like a goal board or something and pick, 
you know, three or four of those major statistic categories and um, kind of compare those after every game and stuff like that. So I, I think you can't, and, and players, you know, it's like last night, we struggled, we were running our motion for the first night and I got a younger team and I was like, man, I wish we could have taped it, put it on huddle or something and just watched it. I think girls, you know, teams in general just learn more by watching um, themselves or their team play, you know, and, and they, they can't get focused on just them. They got to see the big picture, but when they're out there scrimmaging, they're really focused on maybe them or maybe the person to the right or left, not the big picture. So the more you can use film and stuff, and like I said, through huddle or whatever, crossover, um, use that for as your advantage because you can learn a lot by watching your teams play on film. Yes, and I, that's something we, you know, this year, we and then you can kind of see who's been watching it and, and this and that. Plus, I, I just loved with huddle the how you can um, – start using it for more like the recruiting type thing, you know, putting out the, the, the videos and stuff and, and using it for girls who want to go on and play at the next level to uh, get information on them out to other coaches and stuff. And, and it, it used to be where you spend a lot of your off nights going and scouting. And that's one thing with huddle. And, and we got great coaches around here who they don't mind sharing film, I think, you know, but they want to spend time with their families as well and not be gone every night. So the huddle just makes it so easy to exchange film with other coaches and just saves you a lot of time. It saves the school district money and the pay coaches for mileage and scouting, you know, hours and stuff. So uh, it's a, it's a plus for everybody. So I would encourage if people don't have huddle or crossover or any type of thing like that, um, get it because it can make your practice or make your programs that much better. I did. I know, I know. I think they do. I think they a lot of mar I hate saying it, but probably a lot of marriages may be saved by huddle and stuff. But Okay, well, I mean, when it comes to, like, contact and stuff with me, I am I will tell them, and you can talk – any coach that I've talked to will agree. I love talking to stuff. I mean, talking to you today, I could do this all day. So I am – if they get a hold of me, they can take and um, – should I give out a cell phone number on here? It doesn't matter. Or... Sure. My these coaches like I get defense. So my cell phone number it's six three four two zero. And a lot of times I'm not the best at answering calls where I don't know the number. So if I don't answer, we'll get back with them, and I would can email me, Jarrett. A R Y T dot Hunsiker, which is H U N Z I K E R at P S K twelve dot net. And then they can take an email me and, and you know, throughout you know over the last three years on it, I will as quick as I can. And 
I think taking, I think the one thing with the ball press, if you're going to commit, commit to it. I think so. Like it, it might not look the the uh, um, the best over the summer because it's new, but don't take and give up on it too you know too quickly. Be patient. Um, I think the kids will take and you know enjoy it, especially over time when they start seeing some benefits from you um, from it, and um, sell it as much as possible. You know, really emphasize why you're doing it and uh, you know how it can benefit the team and like like i said that was the first thing i did when i came here i think it's with anything and that'd be my one point about anything you want to do emphasize it as much as possible and you know put it out there all the time when it comes to like certain things get that idea out there because your kids will take and take your lead on that a little bit and uh buy into it a lot quicker and everything so um so i guess Well, Kevin, I, I appreciate it. I, like I said, I, I I love talking this stuff. I'm not one who um, likes to keep all the information and stuff in. Like I said, I'm still, when it comes to certain things, I'm still learning and applying things to our defense. And there's a lot of coaches that I learned a lot from that uh, uh, have probably ran it. I mean, have definitely ran coming out. And if anybody's ever um, interested, you know, they can go to Cisco and um, a, a friend of mine, you know, he's done a good job of putting out a number of videos from high school, some other places. A lot of times you go to these clinics or whatever, and you have college coaches who they're out there doing drills and stuff with seven different student assistants or student managers, and we don't have those um, that that luxury. I guess the high school level, when you high school coaches, where they're more at our level and what they do and stuff. And Cisco's video, he does a good job with it. And actually, there's a chance we might be doing another video sometime soon on a situation. Defense guard card. To you. So maybe a month or two, we might be uh, trying to film something if we can get all our players and stuff here over the summer uh, to film. So that might be coming out later on through Cisco's video. Will do. Will do. I can, I definitely will. I can take and give you um, either emails or cell phones and stuff like that. So hopefully they don't mind. I'm sure they love to talk about it just as much as I do. She is. She's going down to Madison, I guess, Georgia. So when you when you send out information. Or when I saw where, where you're from, I'm like, yeah, that's because there's a couple. What is it? It's Lake. What's the last word? Ocon, Oconee. There's some. They looked at some of those the public Oconee schools because the, in there some of the in there some Oconee schools that are public schools. Oh, okay, okay. Well, some of those. They yeah they looked into it and just took and but her dad's going to Caterpillar there up by uh, Athens I guess so uh so yes so Georgia will be getting one of um, a Boonville Lady Pirate coming their way.
She could. I should. I should pass that on. <laughs> yeah, you you get a hold of me anytime. I'd love to do one of these again. So um, you have a good summer, and thank you again for having me on as a as a guest. You too. Bye. Hey, Coach, welcome back. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the reception is kind of tough on that, but that's not a problem at all. Can you hear me okay? You're perfect. Perfect. All right, great, great. And sometimes just keeping the the, uh, the phone close to the ear sometimes really helps. Okay. Um, but, uh, hey, just a few more questions because I know you're big. Go out and practice a couple more hours, right? I am finally <laughs> offered. I even have a voice today because I got set school in the mornings. Yeah. Last camp and this week we've had team camp. So rest time for Coach Hunsiker, I guess, the rest of the week. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> Enjoy your family now, right? Yeah. Coach, um, just tell me a couple – hey, what was your moment of truth when you said, okay, this is the system I want to use? I would say that first year of Scotland County. Um I could just tell it was uh, – and, and we ran it a little bit different. We were probably more conservative that year um, than we were here at Boonville. You know, back when I first started running it seven or eight years ago, we did not trap – like in the quarter court, we only trapped the baseline corners. We did not trap out top. Um, I started putting that – when I got here to Boonville, I started becoming a little bit more aggressive all over at all different levels just because of, I had a definitely a different type of athlete. Plus, we had a little bit more depth. But what, that first year at Scotland County, the the girls, when the season ended and everything, it really wasn't quite a game, like a one true game. It was more of the opinion of the girls when the season ended because, um, like I said, we have played many different types of defenses from 2-3 to 1-3-1 to man-to-man. And it always came back to – we call it blue – it's our blue defense. They're like, uh, no, we love the blue. We want to continue with the blue. And, and then when I came here, it was just the, the quick buy-in. And there's times where we'll, we'd go man-to-man just to practice, and they're, like, looking forward to going back to the, the blue. And, I, and the reason that's the most important is because then you knew you had 100% buy-in. They believed in that defense. Right. They saw what it could do. And, and I'm sure at Scotland County, if I'd been there another year or so, you'd have seen it. You know, that first year is kind of the, the experimental year. And then by year two, teams – and this is what I always tell coaches who call me about it. I said, J- just – Make sure don't go away. You know, you might take and get beat some games by it with it and stuff. Just be patient. You know, don't don't switch up defenses and, and just, you know, because it's it's not working or something, just stay with it because by year two, your girls will pick up on certain things and it'll be that much better. You know, they start uh, they start anticipating more and, and better and they're just smarter with their reads and stuff. It's just like motion offense. Motion offense, you know, by between year one and two, two and three. The more they do it, the better they become at the small things. So I would say definitely it's probably that first year of Scotland County early on when I started running it where it was just the whole buy-in process because it was something different. They knew other teams didn't run it, um, and they knew that was, like you said, it's like our identity. Yeah, and you know it. I mean, you know, I mean, you, there's a feeling there of, of buy-in and confidence. That, that's a great moment for a coach, right, when you know – this is it, and we can just kind of get better. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because then it's not – at the end of the season, you're not sitting around thinking, okay, what's this next group? You know, 
they're on a different defense because of the personnel and stuff. These girls, these girls know coming in, this is what we're going to do. Now we might run some different variations. Certain teams we might run more compared to other years, um, but they know what to expect, and and we don't sit around, you know, coming up with a different defense for the next year. So it's a, um, you know, which which is nice, you know, nice to just knowing what you're going to do. Yeah, and just just a, you just get a great progression every year. Tell me about your feeder program now. Do you, does your feeder now? I have like I practice everybody together because we're a K twelve school. Mm-hmm. I have like like today I have my sixth seventh graders out there practicing the system with my varsity. Okay. Um, I don't I don't see any problem with that. Maybe some coaches do. You no, know, and you know a lot of coaches when it comes to that they still see it as it's his own defense. And I know school you get the some of the people talking about how, you know, it's it's not zone zone defense is just it's a no no. Which I've always said, if coaches want to man to man, that is great. Like even in my program, if I have elementary traveling teams or junior high teams that want to take and I always tell them, I want you to run what you're comfortable running. I cannot be there to run it because we're doing our own thing at the high school and right. we're in a different building. They're downtown about three miles away downtown where we're out by the interstate. So make sure you run what you're comfortable doing. But if you're going to do man-to-man, that's fine because we can take a lot of those man-to-man principles and they carry over to the ball press with, with your different, you know, your pressure and, you know, getting in gaps and stuff and post-defense and stuff. So that can always benefit it. Um, now, like my daughter, they've, they've had a competitive traveling team the last couple of years and they ball press. So they're, I got this group that's been ball pressing since they were fourth graders. The fourth, fifth, they'll probably do in the next few years. So when they get in high school, it should be a well-oiled machine, I would hope, you know, by that time. But yeah, with my feeder sure. program, I give them a lot of freedom. Um, you have good communication, and I've had coaches in the past who they're like, we would love to run it, and then they run it. And I've had other coaches who I, can, I just know that they're just maybe not comfortable doing it. A lot of gray area, and they're more of a black-and-white coach or something where um, uh, they take in – if they want to run something, that's fine because I always use the summers and stuff to take and implement it so that it can always be done at a, at a later time. I just want to make sure they're doing the fundamentals and and um, and get better that way. But I like in the summers right now, um, like I said, we have open gyms. So my freshmen through my seniors, we're practicing that quite a bit. I'm bringing in the sixth through eighth graders starting next week, um, something we're doing this year different, where I'm sure besides getting them skilled offensively, we might start showing – different things with the ball press just to kind of get them, uh, you know, an introduction to it. So when they get older, they already kind of know some of the concepts and stuff. So that's pretty much, you know, um, kind of what we do with our feeder systems and stuff. So they, but like I said, they know coming into it, what they're going to be doing, especially if they come to games and stuff, they know what they're going to be doing when they get to high school. Yeah. And that's a whole nother podcast. How to, how to coach your coaches, right? I mean, that's not that easy sometimes. Coach. Um, uh, that's why I'm a yeah, one-man show. Coach, I'm just you know, whatever, whatever you guys feel comfortable with. I just want them just make sure when they get to me, they know fundamentals and they have some concepts of either zone yeah, or some man yeah. defense. Then I can I can go from there. But but like anything, if you have your system, it it would be 100 percent the perfect you know situation if you had everyone below you running it. You know, I know Neil Alexander over at uh, Lincoln, Illinois, and a lot of these coaches I know. I mean, they're taught you know, that defense up from younger age all the way through high school. So it does, it definitely has its, right, its benefits right. as well. 
Yeah, I think there's both. I think it's good for the kid. I, I think you mentioned it, Coach. I would, if I had a choice, I'd rather have that you can run whatever offense you want, but you make sure my kids can catch. You make sure they can dribble yep. with either yep. hand, right? I mean, you want them skilled offensively. Oh, by far, because I know when it comes to the ball press, I can teach that. And that summer coming into their freshman year, you know, it's like what we're doing right now. We'll get that. We'll get the basics done in the summer. And then, like, the small things that you really want to take and pick on, we will definitely take and get that um, looked at and, and accomplish, I guess, that first three or four weeks of the season before we have your first game. So my main thing is I just want them to be able to take a pass, dribble, you know, shoot properly, just kind of have a little bit of a, a, you know, some knowledge of the skills and stuff that they need um, in order to succeed, I guess, in high school. Right. Absolutely. And to make sure they're enjoying the games, sure. probably number yes. one, that age. Um, I have a couple more questions for you. Hey, hey, give me one thing as a young coach that you'd regret and that you, but you learn from that mistake. I, I got quite a few, I probably made more mistakes than any other coach. Give me one that you said, all right, I made that mistake, but I really learned. And now you really apply that. I think or yeah, I'm trying from. to think just in general stuff. I think, you know, a lot of coaches, I think when they're, when they first start coaching, they tend to think they maybe know everything and they're, they're stubborn and they don't go out. And so this is stuff that's not really on the, on the court. This is more just in general coaching where they don't go out and try to find a mentor or they, they think, you know, they're too good to go to clinics or buy videos or whatever. Um, and I, I would encourage them to, you know, it's like anything else with teaching and teaching you, you're always continuing to become a better teacher. Same thing with coaching, find ways to take and learn more about the game, join groups. You know, right now I'm, I'm a part of a, a, a Randy Sherman. Do you know Randy Sherman? Part of the, uh, it, it's ramp, Randy's athletics uh, mentoring program. Um, and you got okay. coaches from all over the United States and even across, you know, around the world that, um, you know, we, we got like a group me and stuff where basically people are putting up, you know, different subjects and stuff. They talk a lot about, you know, just certain offenses, but also like analytics and, and different things that are anything associated with basketball. Um, and here, you know, I've, I've been coaching the varsity level for 14, 15 years. And I love, you know, getting on there and kind of seeing what people are doing. Um, you know, a lot of my old coaches who are mentors, I talk to them quite a bit about certain things. And, and even though I've, you know, with the ball press and I got a video and stuff out, I, t I still talk to other coaches about the ball press because there might be something I pick up. Uh, clinics, I love going to clinics and, and taking and, and seeing what other coaches are doing. It might, be, it might not be something I incorporate my, with my, my team or something, but I'm still seeing kind of what's out there and what coaches are tending you know, to, to do offensively and defense or, or certain terminology that they take and talk about that maybe I can incorporate with uh, our language when it comes to our program and stuff. So, so I'd say with, with the younger group, um, it's don't think you, you know, a lot of times you come out of college and you're raring to go and you know, you know everything. And when honestly you're, you probably don't. So just continue to be a student of the game. <laughs> and, um, and then also I'm one, you know, when this video came out, I've, I've gotten, I mean, you wouldn't believe how many phone calls or, or, or emails. And this is, I mean, this is my first podcast, but I've gotten a lot of different people reaching out and I love, I love sharing. I mean, Honestly, Kevin, I could take, I could talk another hour or two with you. So on this stuff. So, um, <laughs> but, um, you know, yes. when you have people picking your brain a little about stuff, be, you know, some people, 
they like keeping their stuff in. They don't like handing it out and kind of – I love talking the game with people, especially the ball press defense. So share as much knowledge and stuff that you have with others because, you know, that might make their program better and stuff. And at the end of the – you know, that's what it's all about, all said and done, is, is you know, educating others and game of basketball, you know, um, better and everything. So that's probably what I That's great. I mean, sharing the game. And that's why I do the podcast. Of course, I, I steal at least one or two things from Harry. I've already wrote down a couple things I'm going to take from what you said. Uh, actually, one of those drills you mentioned and so forth. So, man, we can always pick up one or two things. Oh, definitely. That's why I say even the clinics. I, you know, I look at the – when I go to the NBCA clinic here in Columbia – which is a great coaches association clinic here in Missouri. I mean, they get, we get a great turnout, but I look at the list and I'm thinking, you know what, I'm not going to run this or that, but I still like going and picking up just one or two things, maybe one drill that I could take and twist to put into our ball press. Might be a man to man drill. There's a way you could take and tweak it to make it go towards your defense. Or like I said, just the, the, uh, the terminology or, you know, you might be playing against a coach who runs something else that they're going over, so you kind of want to see the ins and outs of a different offense, uh, knowing that you might have to defend that offense later on. So uh, there's always something you can do. Just So, again, just continue to, in your whole career, be a student of the game as much as you can. Yeah, and absolutely. And one thing you mentioned is it just meeting other coaches. Oh, yeah. I mean, just connecting with other coaches I think is – I think it's undervalued in our profession. Oh, definitely. You know, I, that's one of my biggest things is I like building relationships. The girls will tell you, the ones I've had in Scotland County, the ones I've had here at, at Boonville, when it comes to coaching, you know, we have, we've had a lot of success. We've won a lot of games. That's not why I coach. I mean, the coaching comes to we – have, we have one thing we do like in, over Christmas break is we have a family, what I call a family reunion. So we bring, bring back former players – and we take and go out and eat. We have like a little scrimmage, fun scrimmage, and they love it. I mean, they are always constantly asking me how they or saying, you know, I cannot wait for next year's reunion. Or when they graduate, that's one of the things they have on their, you know, one of the things they, can't, they look forward to is even though I graduated, um, I still get to come back. And I try to incorporate them as much as possible. Any of my former players, if they want to take and come back and help at a camp or, you know, come and practice, just kind of show up to practice and kind of get out there, um, you know, we'll give them their old practice jerseys and stuff and kind of let them feel like they're, they never leave the family. They never leave the team. They're always a part of it until I don't care how old they are. So, and the same thing with coaches as well. I just like networking and getting to know coaches because you never know when you have to reach out to somebody and, and get some help. Um, and, you know, they'll always repay you somehow and stuff. So relationships across players to other coaches, I think is a must. Yeah, absolutely. And I love, I love how you're developing tradition and legacy through your past players. Uh, to me, that that's huge. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'll even – they probably think I'm more of a yeah. dad to them, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, you're, you're a big impact on those kids. Re, I mean, those the kids remember you. And I, I teach – so I have these kids from kindergarten all the way through. Mm-hmm. So, um but it, it, it's great building those relationships. Coach, what resources or technology that you use that really helps you? I mean, I, of course, we use yes. Huddle. I use um, all sorts of different things. What do you use that maybe one of these coaches listening could may, maybe pick well, up? I mean, 
definitely we, we've just got into huddle the last few years and actually last year we did more of the huddle assist where you know they would break down the stats and stuff which i'll tell you as a coach yeah as a you know being a father of three that's nice to have because that takes and takes a lot of <laughs> you know that gives you more time with them but especially with the ball press you know that's something we're using a little bit more you know we'll use kind of a little bit more next year and then the following year we just kind of add to it each year but we love with our team sitting down and kind of watching film on uh, different rotations, maybe where we're giving up too much to the middle or like in the quarter court, the ball's getting to the high post, you know, here's why. So we use film as much as we can. We use the statistics, you know, we'll take a look at like points per game. We'll look at turnover percentage. Um, and we're going to start using those more as like, I think next year we're going to try to have like a goal board or something and pick, you know, three or four of those major statistic categories and, um, kind of compare those after every game and stuff like that. So I, I think you can't – and players, you know, it's like last night. We struggled. We were running our motion for the first night, and I got a younger team. And I was like, man, I wish we could have taped it, put it on huddle or something, and just watched it. I think girls, you know, teams in general just learn more by watching um, themselves or their team play, you know, and, and they, they can't get focused on just them. They got to see the big picture. But when they're out there scrimmaging, they're really focused on maybe them or maybe the person to the right or left not the big picture. So the more you can use film and stuff, and like I said, through huddle or whatever, crossover, um, use that for, as your advantage because you can learn a lot by watching your teams play on film. Yeah, and huddle's great because you know, they, they can go watch yes, it on their iPad. That's something we, you know, this year, we, and then you can kind of see who's been watching it and, and this and that. Plus, I, I just love with huddle the how you can um, start using it for more like the recruiting type thing, you know, putting out the, the, the videos and stuff and, and, Using it for girls who want to go on and play at the next level to uh, get information on them out to other coaches and stuff. And, and it, it used to be where you spend a lot of your off nights going and scouting. And that's one thing with Huddle. And, and we got great coaches around here who they don't mind sharing film. I think, you know, but they want to spend time with their families as well and not be gone every night. Right. So the Huddle just makes it so easy to exchange film with other coaches and just saves you a lot of time. It saves the school district money and the paid coaches for mileage and scouting, you know, hours and stuff. So uh, it's a, it's a plus for everybody. So I would encourage if people don't have huddle or crossover, or any type of thing like that, um, get it because it can make your pra- practice or make your programs that much better. Yeah. You just gave a big I huddle did. plug, man. I'm telling you, but I, and there's no doubt you should be getting a commission I on know. that again, coach. I, I might have, <laughs> um, but I think there's a lot of wives out there that really love I think they huddle do. I assist. Think they- a lot of marriage, I hate saying it, but probably a lot of marriages I mean, maybe saved by huddle and stuff. But <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Uh, Coach, hey, this this is it. I always tell you it's the last question, but what give me one thing a coach out there, if they want to put in the ball press, what is one thing they can do? And also, how can they contact you if they want to kind of research and get some video or, or, or study your press? Okay, well, I mean, when it comes to like contact and stuff with me, I am, I will tell them, and you can talk, any coach that I've talked to will agree. I love talking to stuff. I mean, talking to you today, I could do this all day. So I am, if they get a hold of me, they can take and, um, should I give out a cell phone number on here? It doesn't matter. Or... That, that's up to you. You, um, you can do, I had a coach yesterday actually do the same thing. Uh, I, I, I know I got your Twitter feed. I got that. I'll, I'll add that sure. to the show now. My, and these coaches, yeah. like I get, my cell phone number six 
four two zero zero. And a lot of times I'm not the best at answering calls where I don't know the number. So if I don't answer, then I will get back with them and I will they can email me changed Jarrett R Y T dot Hunsiker, which is H U N Z I K E R at P S K twelve dot net. And then they can take an email me and, and you know throughout you know over the last three years on it and I will get back with them as, as quick as I can. And that's great. And um yeah, talk about it, this one thing about if they want to add in their ball press, maybe this summer. I think taking I think the one thing with the ball press, if you're gonna commit, commit to it. Type thing. So like it, it might not look the the uh um the best over the summer because it's new, but don't take and give up on it too you know, too quickly. Be patient. Um I think the kids will take and you know, enjoy it, especially over time when they start seeing some benefits from you, um, from it and um sell it as much as possible. You know, really emphasize why you're doing it and uh you know how it can benefit the team. And like like I said, that was the first thing I did when I came here. I think it's with anything and That'd be my one point about anything you want to do. Identity emphasize it as much as possible, and you know, put it out there all the time when it comes to like certain things. Get that identity out there because your kids will take and take your lead on that a little bit and uh, buy into it a lot quicker and everything. So, um, so I guess yeah, that's great advice, Coach. I appreciate you taking the time out. Uh, and hey, I'm really excited. That was your first podcast. I think you're probably going to get some calls to do more after this. And I, I appreciate you taking okay, the time I, out. I appreciate it. I, like I said, I, I I love talking this stuff. I'm not one who um, likes to keep all the information stuff in. Like I said, I'm still when it comes to certain things, I'm still learning and applying things to our defense. And there's a lot of coaches that I learned a lot from that uh, uh, have probably ran it. I mean, have definitely. Ran coming out and if anybody's ever um interested to cisco and um a, a friend of mine you know he's done a good job of putting out a number of videos from high school some other places a lot of times you go to these clinics or whatever and you have college coaches but they're out there doing drills and stuff with you know seven different student assistants or student managers and we don't have those um that that luxury, I guess, the high school level. When you high school coaches, where they're more at our level and what they do and stuff. And Cisco's video, he does a good job with it. And actually, there's a chance we might be doing another video sometime soon on a situation. Defense dark card. I do this or that to you. So maybe a month or two, we might be uh, trying to film something if we can get all our players and stuff here over the summer. Uh, to film so that might be coming out later on through cisco's video that'd be great keep we'll me do. updated on that coach we'll if you can um and also can you send me some of your key ball press guys if you have their contact i would love I can, to talk i definitely to will i can take and give you um either emails or cell phones and stuff like that so hopefully they don't mind i'm sure they love to talk about it just as much as i do 
<laughs> exactly. Coach, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you taking the time out during the summer, and I wish you guys the best. And, um, hey, I, again, the the I'm sorry you're losing the one kid. Your one kid's leaving to come out here, right, Morgan? She is. Morgan she Cameron, Madison, right? I guess, Georgia. So when you when you send out information or when I saw where, where you're from, I'm like, oh, that – because there's a couple – what is it? It's Lake – what's the last word? Ogan Lake Oconee. Lake Oconee. Some, they looked at some of those, yeah. the public Oconee schools. Because the, in there some of the in there some Oconee schools that are public schools. Yeah, we're actually a charter school, and then there's Green County Public. We're actually a public school. Oh, okay, we're okay. a charter school. Well, some of those uh, they yeah they yeah. looked into and then just took and but her dad's going to Caterpillar there up by uh, Athens, I guess. So uh, yeah. but yes, so Georgia will be getting one of uh, a Boonville Lady Pirate coming their way. Man, that's awesome. Now, wait a second. Now, I know Morgan County coach. He's not running the one, two, two. Maybe we kick you go here. I should, <laughs> I should have. <laughs> that's illegal recruiting, though. I got to stop that. Uh, coach, thank you so much, man. You, I appreciate you it. You can hold me anytime. I'd love to do one of these again. So um, you have a good summer, and thank you again for right. having me on as a, as a guest. Yeah, thank you, Jared. You appreciate too. it. Take Bye. care. Thank you. Hey, Coach, this is Brad Shutter calling from Plymouth, Wisconsin. I um, want to thank you for doing the podcast. I've learned a lot from it. Um, I am an elementary FIED teacher and a girls basketball coach, so we have a lot in common. I like the fact that you um, do a mix of both the FIED teachers and the coaches as well. Um, keep up the great work, um, and once again, appreciate um, all you do to grow the game. Thanks. Coach, appreciate you having me back on. Um, just to keep it as short and concise as possible. I think coaches should work backwards, um, find the problems that their team or players are struggling with um, by watching film. And then from those problems, um, basically break it down to one, two, or three things that the player themselves could work on to solve those problems and the skills that they need to make those decisions. Don't give them more than three things and then give them like some sort of schedule they can try to follow. Like maybe it's working on thing number one on Monday and then going Tuesday and Wednesday, working on two and three and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, roll it back, do the same thing. But I think as long as it's simple, it's only a list of three things to prioritize and then it's contextual to your system. um, It's hard to go wrong. Appreciate you, coach. Hey coaches, this is Nick Bartlett with Dr. Dish Basketball and you're listening to the Championship Vision Podcast with Coach Kevin Furtado. Make sure to check us out at drdishbasketball.com and on Twitter and Instagram at at drdishbball for daily basketball drills, tips, inspiration, and how we've revolutionized the basketball shooting machine over here at Dr. Dish. Also mention this podcast and you will receive an exclusive discount on your next Dr. Dish purchase. Thanks for tuning in.